listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Thursday afternoon. And since it's Thursday, we try to do something that's technology related. And I'm super delighted to welcome back on the program Alex Sati, the founder of Digital Dog Studios. Alex, it's great to speak to you again. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, excited to uh, enter into the the sort of Christmas uh, holiday season. Absolutely. Even though even though 2020 has been of a I can't say that word um, on air, but a bit of a something show. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> um, we are live on Facebook as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Um, I, I think this segment is really, especially for those of you who, uh, with an inner geek, uh, the, the, for, for people with a love of technology, especially those of you who like 3D art or CGI or visual effects or even filmmakers, because you'll be talking about um, gadgets for geeks over to you, Alex. I'm, I'm just, but for, for those of you, do join us on Facebook Live because you're sitting in a sort of man cave with lots of gadgets behind you. I mean, you're in Hong Kong. Yeah. How do you fit so much in your apartment? It's amazing. <laughs> um, well, so previously I was living in Soho in a shoebox, but we actually uh, moved out to Lama and, uh, and the, you can get uh, – places for with a bit more space over here so that's what we did and uh, and i managed to secure myself a little man cave managed to uh, sort of swing that with the girlfriend um and uh, and so yeah this is where i actually do a lot of my uh work and 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 my business you know yeah. so so and all my gear is sort of laid out here it's my happy place you know <laughs> if i was ever to go to a happy place this is this is it you, you, well you certainly uh, look happy so our audience should join us to see your, your happy face i mean <laughs> it, as you mentioned just now christmas is coming up do you have any sort of uh geeky gadgets gift ideas yeah so, so this uh, this year, even though the world has sort of been screaming to a halt, um, gadgets and technology have still been steaming ahead. Um, in terms of the world of sort of cinema cameras and cinema lenses, um, there have been sort of tremendous leaps forward with uh, with the sort of new technology and things that have been coming out. Um, so, so sort of traditionally. Uh, these sort of cameras would be, you know, really crazy expensive. But, you know, you can essentially base a whole career around them. Um, so, but sort of this year, what, some of the big ones that I um, am quite uh, fond of, um, I've got one here. It's called the, the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K. So this is the, the, the smaller version, uh, which sort of films in 4K. But then there's another one. Which wow. Describe that for some of our listeners, because some of our listeners may not be joining us on Facebook. They may be sort of joining us on the radio. It's quite small. I'd say it's about sort of 20, 20 it's centimeters. Like a DSLR. Yeah, it's like an it's SLR a DSLR camera. It looks like a DSLR camera, but actually uh, it's a cinema camera. And what that means is it specifically is designed to film uh, for movies. Um, so so actually you can but hardly take photos of this. It's, yeah, yeah. So normally these things would be, you know, massive. They'd be like a, you know, like a huge. I want to say cannon, but I, that tele, people might get confused. Te, like a telescope. Cannon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so usually they're like a, like a bazooka. You know, There's, that's another one. <laughs> um, and uh, but now, now cameras, uh, cinema cameras are getting smaller and smaller. And you can have this one here. I mean, the majority of this is actually the lens here. Uh, but, but the. Uh, so what this can do, what it, what, what it gives you the ability to do is film a 4K resolution uh, at 60 frames per second. So you can have slow motion with that um, and in raw Kodak. So raw Kodak 
basically means that when you're editing after you filmed, you can have the most control over your colors and your footage, and you can really sort of fine tune the image to look exactly how you want. You know, if you want it to be a specific mood, if you want it to be like a horror movie or a suspense thriller, or even like a, a, a romantic comedy, they usually will have like different colors that would go with those, you know, like if it's a scary movie, then it might be really dark and, and, and sort of, you can't really see in the shadows, stuff like that. So these sort of cameras give you the ability to, to edit your footage to exactly how you want, uh, which is quite amazing for, for the, something like this, this size. And so this camera at the moment, it, it, it retails for about 1,200 Hong, sorry, 1,200 US dollars, 1,250 US. Wow. So, but, so it's, it's still about only 10,000 Hong Kong. Yeah. It's about, it's about 10,000 Hong Kong dollars. But for that, you can essentially have the sort of gear that you would need to, to have full productions. You know, you could, uh, you could actually, uh, have a career around using these sort of cameras. Now, a lot of people would, uh, uh, would, would argue that you could go for the more, there's even more expensive options, obviously, like RED cameras or RE cameras, uh, but those are sort of traditionally in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know? So, so like if you were to buy a, a RED Monstro, that's about 54,000 US dollars. Um, which is their sort of top of the line camera right now. And I think with, uh, and then after, so that's only for the body of the camera, but then after you've sort of added all the extras, then, uh, then you, you're looking at like a million dollars for a camera. Um, but, but actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but when you think about it, those sort of cameras, actually not, I would say about 95% of all Hollywood movies that you've watched would have been filmed on an Ari camera. So that's spelled uh, A-R-R-I. And so normally the people uh, who are sort of filmmakers, that's, that's the, the holy grail of cameras, you know, like you would, you would look up and aspire to, to owning an Ari, you know, sometime in your career. Um, and actually there, there, there are, there are um, companies in Hong Kong that, that sort of resell them. So because they're built um, like tanks, they can essentially be, uh, resold and somebody could buy one and then decide later that they want to upgrade and the, and you can essentially get them there's a there's a company called hard black that does uh there's sort of a second hand uh camera reseller for aria but they they sell all sorts of stuff but specifically they also do uh second hand ari cameras so if you wanted to make a hollywood movie you could speak to those guys um but um but yeah no so so but so red uh quite interestingly has just come out with a quite affordable camera called the Red Komodo. Uh, and it's probably the first time uh, that sort of consumers, like, you know, the, the average person could, could actually even think about dreaming of having a Red camera, because even though it's, it, it sounds like it's a lot, it's about 6,000 US. So that's about, I'm not sure what that is in Hong Kong, about 50? something like that 40 something about 42,000 uh, I think 48,000 no, no, 48, maybe even yeah but when you consider that traditionally you would be paying easily uh in the hundreds of thousands for a red camera um now you can get one for the hundreds of thousands of Hong Kong dollars for a red camera now you can get one for 6,000 US 
Um, and the, and you don't even need to build it up that much beyond the 6,000, apart from getting a lens and maybe uh, a way of carrying it. It's a really cool little, it's literally, they designed the Red Komodo to be like a crash cam. So it's like bare bones, like a, like a, like a cube. And they use, they use it to stick on the outside of, of cars and stuff like that while they're filming. Um, but, but a lot of people are looking at it as their sort of a camera because it's an affordable red camera now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, uh, uh, quite exciting, uh, sort of gadgets and things right now. And because, you know, the economy is, um, is not great, you know, because of the virus, um, a lot of productions have sort of screamed to a halt. So, uh, there's a lot of stores like camera stores that are doing like very, very good deals. Uh, if you wanted to go sort of Christmas shopping for camera gear and gadgets and stuff like that, uh, there's a com there's one shop that I've been going to called uh, Shiriro, uh, S-H-R-I-R-O. Uh, they're, they're out in Yaotong. And essentially, like, all of their stuff is on sale right now. It's quite quite amazing. So if you, if you did have... Um, some some money to to spend on gadgets and uh and all sorts of stuff like i got i got this one here uh the other day which is a hprc uh case which is uh really really cool because it looks like a mini it, luggage of some sort yeah. keeping it oh whoa so it's all foam inside and so what you do is you actually tear out the uh the holes and then you can put your lenses in so, so you can completely customize it to fit whatever gadgets you have. And is that broken? No, 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 that's me. That's me. <laughs> and it's broken. No, 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 no. These are, these are super, super durable uh, bags and backpacks and cases. Uh, so essentially you can put your, you know, $50,000 camera in them and you can actually the, the, at the store, the guy told me that he actually had a client that dropped one of these backpacks into a river and then they managed to fish it out and the camera was completely fine oh, uh, because it's also like it's, it's vacuum sealed around the edges. Uh, so, so no water can get in. That, thank uh, goodness. Cool. And that's a really good point because a lot of the times when you invest so much money in the equipment and the gear, uh, it's, it makes sense to have a protective uh, case for it. I mean, something as simple as a, I don't know, as your phone, for example. I recently just dropped my phone and I smashed the screen, and I just oh, no. <laughs> I was just like, why didn't I have a nice case for it? Anyway, that's and, it. And it's, it's also like if you've got like lenses and things like that. A lot of the time, it's it's when you put your bag in the back of a van or the back of a taxi and you don't realize it, but it's actually getting shaken around without you seeing it, you know, like all things have been thrown on top of it. So having a hard case like this is pretty, uh, pretty good. Also just for peace of mind as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so there's been a, a lot of really interesting uh, sort of lens lenses and things like that as well. So this one, the ones that I've been quite excited about, I've been using, this one here, which is a Samyang lens. Uh, and this is definitely a sort of more uh, budget-friendly uh, series of lenses that I've been using with my cinema camera. So they average around three or 4,000 Hong Kong per lens. Uh, but for cinema lenses, it's actually like very reasonable. Um, so I've got a whole whole bunch of these little guys. Um, so ranging from, uh, from, cause they're all prime lenses. So, so you need to buy each of the different uh, sort of focal lengths. What are prime uh, lenses? What does that so, mean? So, uh, 
uh, prime lens essentially means that it uh, it's so you have like a wide angle. You can it it will have a certain sort of millimeter. Uh, to it. So it'll either be wide or more cropped in or, or sort of zoom, but you can't actually zoom in and out. It's got a set uh, set distance oh. sort of thing. So wouldn't it be better if you got a lens that could actually allow you to sort of zoom in and out? Zoom? Like so, the manual so there's one? A, so there's a difference between them. So if, if you uh, have a zoom lens, um, it there's a, there's an argument here. Yes, it's more convenient, but a lot of people would say that the kind of images that you get from a uh, prime lens can come out looking nicer because you can you can essentially have it as a sort of faster lens. They say it's it's faster, but what what that means is that you can have like that really nice blurry background. Uh, um, yeah. So prime lenses uh, tend to lead to having a better sort of. Uh, depth of field sort of uh, effects where you can have like beautiful milky backgrounds. Um, so, so, and also when it comes to doing visual effects as well, it's quite useful to have prime lenses because then in post, it'll be easier for the VFX artists to know exactly what sort of focal length you are using. Um, so, so it, it, it helps, it helps, but actually going, going to that, uh, I recently invested and this is, this is me. This is it's not. Uh, this is more of the the high end level lenses. But I recently invested in one of these guys, uh, which is called. It's a Zeiss Supreme Prime lens. And what's exciting about these and and oh, this just those shows, are really famous lenses. The Carl Zeiss lens. Sony yeah, sometimes yeah. uses that. Yeah, exactly. So Sony, uh, Red, um, Ari, they 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 sort of partner with a lot of the big brands, but. What's really exciting about these kinds of lenses, um, I don't know if you can see it, but on the side here, they have this section where you can plug into it. So, so essentially- it's like a, Just for our radio listeners, that's a little jack, like a, not a 3.5mm, yeah. what, what do you call it? I don't know, some sort of a, adapter? It's actually, I think it's like a very special sort of thing. It's probably custom for that particular company, yeah. but uh, so it's their own sort of bespoke uh, jack. But- um, what it gives you the ability to do is is these lenses essentially have a small computer inside of them and uh and they record uh frame by frame the metadata inside <laughs> the lens okay so so what that so okay you're gonna ask like what what does that even mean so basically what that means is um is that it gets all of the information about what the lens is uh how where you're focusing as you're changing all the settings in the lens while you're filming uh, all that information is being stored and transferred um, into the camera. So, so when you're doing visual effects and all the sort of post-production, uh, the artists will know exactly where the uh, the focus of the camera is supposed to be. Basically, what that means is you can put in your 3D animations a hell of a lot easier uh, in post, and you can make it. Uh, really feel like uh, the objects, the 3D objects that you put into your your uh, video are like really there. Because what these lenses can do is it can also record the amount of distortion um, in the image. So if you have like uh, every lens will sort of give a certain amount of distortion to sort of, you know, if you have a wide angle lens, it'll sort of warp the edges a little bit to make people look um, a bit bigger or i don't know a bit uh, just yeah a it's bit just distorted. just the nature of the lens yeah. you know all every lens has its own specific sort of 
uh, characteristics and actually each lens will also add certain elements of color and stuff like that. So when you're trying to add uh, CG or visual effects to a video, but it's actually got all of, it's a little bit warped and not quite right, then it's very, very difficult to make it match the, the images. So what these lenses do is it actually records all that information so that when you're, when you're in, in, when you're doing you know, post-production, yeah. post you can just remove the distortion and that color information and add your CG to the, to the video and then reapply the distortion and, and color information again. So it, it'll feel like uh, whatever 3D you've got in your video it will feel like it was actually filmed in the lens, amazing. which is uh, which is which is quite amazing. Actually, they recently—I don't know if you watched uh, the Queen's Gambit. It's a new TV series. Yes, on Netflix. I have. So that, that that TV series was filmed using these lenses, um, <sighs> along with uh, I think they used the Red Monstro, which is the particular type of camera. That's exactly so, how I feel. Just talk about the Queen's Gambit. That's almost how I feel when I play Mahjong. You know, I, I can almost see the tiles. Can you see all the things moving on the exactly, roof? Exactly, just an Asian version. Um, we are on Facebook Live. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Apologies for, for the visual just now. Um, we, we lost Alex over the, the, the video, but we still heard you loud and clear. Um, Sammy J writes in and says, What an articulate young man. He has nice hair. He looks like a famous soccer player who knows things about cameras and he goes um <laughs> and um he also adds um such a professional can i put this on my iphone um as well so can you attach any of those uh camera lenses to an iphone at all or is it sort of very specific to cameras I, or are there adapters um well i think uh if you were going to try to put this big lens on an iphone i think the iphone would uh would I don't think it would be able to handle it, unfortunately. <laughs> but but I know that iPhones do have special adapters that you can add certain types of lenses to. But I think these ones are specifically designed for uh, cinema cameras. Um, but actually, what's what's really cool about the Zeiss Supreme lenses is that the uh, the mounts. So normally, what would happen is the uh, these mounts at the at the at the end of the camera. Uh, would be very specific to a certain type of mount on the camera. So you get EF lenses, you get so EF mounts, you get PL, which are all different kinds of mounts that like you can only put certain lenses on a specific kind of camera. Whereas this particular lens, they have interchangeable mounts. So you could actually, if you bought one of these uh, lenses, and there's also another line called the CP Freeze as well, which is uh, a similar, uh, slightly less expensive uh, line of lenses also by Zeiss. And uh, you can basically swap in and out the uh, the mount, so you can use it on most cameras uh, that have you know, either um, yeah, basically one of the several different types of lens mounts that they have. I just love how passionate you are um, about this, Alex. Of all our guests, we're so passionate. You know, really learning a, a lot from you. You know, a lot of the times I'm hearing about the expensive price points with something mm -hmm. like these, and you want to invest in it because it sounds like yep. if if you want to do things professionally, it's good to invest in a, in, in the gear. How do you feel about buying secondhand or pre-loved? I mean, is there a pre-loved market for? Is there a market for pre-loved lenses? And do yeah, people so trust it? So, so what, what people, so in general, in the industry, what people tend to say is you, uh, you marry your lenses, but you date your cameras. So, <laughs> so what that, what that means is you can get yourself, 
uh, some really beautiful lenses. And they'll sort of, if you get like, for example, I've got one of these guys here, uh, that's going to be with me for the rest of my career. I'm going to, I'm never going to, you know, unless I lose it somewhere, which will be a complete disaster. Um, I, I, or drop it. Don't ever drop lenses. Um, I, I'm planning on having this for the rest of my career. So, so you don't mind um, forking out a bit to get really good lenses. Um, but but then when as it comes technology to evolves, don't the lenses get better? I mean, surely in five or 10 years time, maybe you're looking at the next lens and these lenses. Okay. So, I'll, I'll so dig the... up this video when you ditch these lenses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it can be quite addictive uh, buying lenses. But I, but the thing about uh, lenses is that you just really want to get uh, that good image. And actually, the, the cool thing about these ones is that um, you can actually do firmware updates on these lenses. So if they do come out with like updates uh, to that sort of metadata, so then then you can continuously, as long as uh, Zeiss keeps up with uh, with uh, updating the firmware updates but uh i'm sure they will because they're like nobody thinks of zeiss and thinks you know they they do things halfway you know they're like they do they're, they're, they're super high quality stuff um so but when it comes to uh so i've lost my train of thought um, um would you stay with these lenses forever uh yeah, yeah 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 exactly so but with these lenses forever but in terms of cameras so like right now uh i'm in the market for for purchasing a a new camera but what is terrifying is that uh every couple of years uh cameras are just leaps and bounds getting better and better and better just this year uh black magic released the ursa mini 12k camera so that's 12k i thought we were still on 4k yeah well that's that's what everybody thinks and but you can now film 12k footage uh, on a cinema camera, and actually, what's amazing, and the people what at Black Magic, what happened to 5K so this... and 6K? Why did they jump all those Ks? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, this. Well, so, so there's there's a whole bunch of 8K cameras now, the Red Monstro and the Sony Venice. Uh, they can film in 8K, but but um, apparently that's not enough. <laughs> well, actually, so, so so here's the thing though is that um eight, just very sorry, quickly alex sorry to interrupt but when you're watching a video can you tell can the human eye differentiate whether that was like shot with a 4k camera or a 12k camera so, so here's the thing is that you uh you can't watch 12k on on pretty much anything right now um <laughs> unless you took that footage and then cut it up and then put displayed it on multiple 4k televisions there's i think there's only a handful of 8k televisions i don't even know if they exist actually i i think they do but but i think it's very very no they do they do because i I've, I've seen um the new graphics cards that have come out um the um the the rtx 3090 uh cards can actually uh show 8k uh footage or 8k uh gaming i saw that earlier this year those so that's another thing if you want to like that has just been incredible is that graphics cards have just exploded and that sort of having that technology right there allows you to do so many other things i i wouldn't be surprised if um if if screens started being able to show you know 6k or 8k um screens will be popping up soon because the the graphics cards nvidia and amd have just been doing incredible jobs uh i'm i'm quite shocked because i have uh, rtx 2080 ti's and the new graphics cards 
the lowest end is essentially as powerful as the highest end graphics cards from the previous generation. Um, and the, 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 the 30, uh, 80, RTX 3080 is essentially twice as powerful as an RTX uh, 2080 Ti. So basically, graphics cards are getting super powerful. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if televisions start showing higher resolution um, options coming up soon. I think I think television are things of a past. Soon we'll have contact lenses with like, I don't know, 20K <laughs> and we'll just be watching things in our eyeballs. I don't know. I, I don't know if you I don't know if you saw um, uh, Elon Musk has released a thing called the Neuralink. Have you heard about this? No, I so, haven't. So, Very quickly. So, um, we've got about okay. three minutes before the news. Okay, so the Neuralink, all you need to do is go for a small operation where they cut into your skull <laughs> and then they insert a little computer chip which, which syncs with your brain. And actually what's, what's quite amazing, like this is a real thing. If you Google Neuralink, uh, Elon Musk, watch it. They've been doing all sorts of tests uh, and it, it works. And essentially what they're hoping to do, uh, they basically built this platform. But uh, one of the use cases is that, let's say if I was paralyzed in a car accident, um, what's happening is your brain is trying to send signals to the rest of your body, but it can't connect because of the severed uh, spinal cord. What this will do is it will read the signals from the brain and then they'll figure out ways to bypass the broken part and sort of bring back motion to paralyzed people wow. using this or even recording uh, dreams as well. These are all very, very possible things that Elon Musk has said is essentially feasible sounds very black mirror um it certainly does this this whole segment <laughs> has taken on a life of its own sort of <laughs> downloading yeah. dreams and maybe inception maybe changing yeah. people's so good, thoughts good christmas present for your loved one if you want to sign them up for an operation to their brain to get a computer chip <laughs> <laughs> crazy um sammy j comes back and he says uh so like a 10 year old lens still work or is it new ones will have new tech like the metadata um i, I think the the old ones already have the meta so, so i think the most important thing uh when it comes oh sorry i think the most important thing when it comes to lenses is really just that that image quality that you can get you know so it doesn't matter how old a lens gets the images will still be in good, as long as you take care of them. Like what I'm planning on doing soon, because I've got this new beautiful lens is I'm gonna get a dehumidifying case. And so whenever I'm not using it, I'm just gonna keep it in that case. Because what can happen in Hong Kong, especially because it's humid here, uh, you can get mold in, uh, in your electronics and, and in lenses. So that would be a complete disaster. So that's why people get those dehumidifying cases. That, so you can put your cameras or expensive gear into those sort of devices. And they only cost about a thousand Hong Kong, or even I've seen some going as low as six hundred Hong Kong. Okay. So, uh, so if I if somebody does get mold in their camera lenses, is there any way so, to sort of take it apart and clean them internally? Uh, I I I think it would depend on the lens, but I I am not sure is the answer yeah. to that question. Um, I think it would be. A little bit scary opening up your lens. I know that ca uh, Canon. I've done the the Canon photo marathon before, uh, which is an event here in Hong Kong. Well, I, I don't think they've been doing it recently because of the virus. But basically, they had a camera lens cleaning section, uh, so you could go there and then they specially clean your lenses. So I believe those there are services like that. Well, Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you uh, this <laughs> afternoon. And that's Alex Sati, the founder of Digital Dog Studios. Look him up on Facebook and on Instagram. Many thanks uh, once again to, to you for joining us this afternoon. Thanks. Bye for now, Alex. And